podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I don't know what's happening to Sai, so I'll wait for him to come back. Um, obviously, the second show um, of uh, the European Championships. Uh, hope everyone's enjoying them so far. Hope everyone's keeping um, keeping well. There's loads to talk about um, from the opening weekend, from the opening ceremony on Friday through the weekend, Home Nations games. All three teams have, have now played, so um, lots to talk about. Um, I will just wait for... Uh, for Sai to come in. Hopefully people can hear me. Um, obviously the the big story uh, which we which we had planned to talk about um, was uh, Christian Eriksen. Um, I think it's the only place to start. Um, if I'm if I'm totally honest, uh, one of the most uh, horrific and harrowing things I've 
I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, I felt so sorry for himself, his players, his family, his his girlfriend, stroke wife. I don't know which, which is which. But um, listen, you know what I mean. For me, football goes out the window. It's all about um, Christian getting, um, getting better, um, making a full recovery. Uh, football secondary. I know there's a few people in the comments saying the game shouldn't be played. Um, I am in. I'm in conjunction with that. I thought it was an absolutely. Um, disastrous thing that that football should even be thought about played um, um, with that going on. But uh, welcome back, Sai. Kick on, mate. I don't know what happened then. As soon as I pressed <laughs> start on the intro, my browser just froze. I was like, so I didn't know if I could hear it. So I didn't know if we, if I was on screen. So I started doing the intro as the volume finished. Then I was looking at my other screen. Oh, I'm not on. So I apologise to everyone about that. It's, it's kind of like. Here's where it is with technology. It's not a lot we can do about it. Um, I saw you were just sort of mentioned about the um, sort of things which happened on Saturday. Um, yeah. A couple of things I just wanted to quickly say on that. Um, rightly so, BBC took a lot of stick from some ITV pundits as well, by the way, on Twitter. Um, and good for Ian Wright, by the way, for saying what he said. But like... And I saw a lot of people trying to defend the BBC saying, well, it's not, they're not in charge of the video footage, et cetera, et cetera. What they can do is they can cut to an image of the stadium. They can cut to the studio. And all right, I understand that when they did go to the studio, you know, they were all as shell-shocked as everyone else was, of course. But what they could have done is gone to 24, how many BBC news, 24-hour news stations are there? Three, I think. So, like, they could have just cut to that and put a little thing across the bottom. You know, if I can do a little banner across the bottom during our shows, I'm pretty sure the BBC can do it. And they could have done it. And I just felt that it was, I thought it was disgusting, mate, to show a, regardless of football, mate, show a human being receiving CPR and defibrillator. And then when you finally thought that they were going away from it and they gave like a long view of the stadium, they focused in on his... Uh, his misses and yeah. yeah, I was not happy, and I, I, listen, I, to- I was I, not good. But I, I totally agree. And listen, I, I totally agree. I, I, but I think the bigger picture is they don't they don't choose what's what's been shown. For me, you just said that in, in humanity terms, whoever's videoing it, whoever's deciding to show those images, should have just panned from from the view of, of the, the youth a couple of times from from the, where the dugouts were, and they could see the players, and they could see something happening over the far end, which is which is which is happening. There's no hiding mm. from it. Um, but they didn't have to show the close-ups. They didn't have to show the images. What every single person around the world got a close-up of seeing, and yeah. especially with technology now, um, people can can freeze things, people can rewind things, people can watch mm-hmm. them over and over. They can video record them. Um, and for me, I think for his own well-being, for his own self, um, for his teammates, for his for his for his family, most importantly, um, and for his country. Um, I would like to think that that was um, not a national um, uh, company was doing that because if it was, then they need they need stringing up because that was disgusting. It's also, it's also against the broadcasting terms, certainly for the BBC. You're not allowed to film live anyone in, uh, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but basically in distress. Um, yeah. And the other thing for me is, mate, right, if a streaker happens in the Euros, they're straight off that. If you hear the players swearing... They apologise for the bad, terrible language, but they were yeah. happy to to show someone fighting for their life. I thought it was disgusting, but I'd rather focus on the fact that you know at the moment 
Christian Eriksen is stable and recovering. He's issued a statement mm. today. And obviously, you know, the quick thinking of his teammates, or it's particularly his captain who put him in the recovery position and, yeah. uh, you know, cleared his airway and then was the first person to start performing C CPR on him. Like, I think people underestimate, right, because they grew up together. Like, I think you and people sometimes underestimate um, how difficult it is to think clearly when an emergency happens. And, yeah. like, it's one thing for the medics to think quickly, people who are trained to do it. And, you know, sometimes I dare say even they get it wrong or they, you know, they freeze. Like, for a teammate and a friend to be able to do that, I think, deserves... Yeah, it's incredible, mate. And that is yeah. uh, it's heroic. Listen, and also Casper Schmeichel yeah. deserves a lot of credit as well, mate. All of them. Ah, oh, listen, listen the, 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 the all did, uh, they all did an amazing job. And, and one thing I don't want to do, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the game because I, I've got yeah. my own opinions on it. Uh, we, we've spoken yeah, me and you together about it. That, um, you know I mean? For me, there's, there's, there's bigger things than the Euros. Yeah. There's bigger things than the results. Um, listen, they've got beaten the game anyway and probably was always going to happen with, with what those players had to endure. Um, so for me, you know what I mean. Uh, listen, if it was Christian's wish for the players to go back out and do it for him, then they did it. And listen, they'll have done him proud because they, they went out there, they put a shift in. Some players so, couldn't do it, um, and 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 some people, some people's heads weren't weren't been weren't been there, and rightly yeah. so. But yeah, UEFA for me should have waited till at least the next day, or should have just gone gone with the, with the result. What was what was what was on the pitch at the time, which was a nil nil draw, yeah. and just took it and took on the chin for each 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 set of set of teams because. That won't happen every every game. I hopefully it never happens. I, um, I, I, I won't want that to happen to anybody. It was tr it was traumatic, mate. I um, yeah, I don't particularly want to go into the reasons why, but like you know, it affected me a lot. As I told you, like I didn't sleep at all Saturday night because it brought back a lot of memories about stuff, you know, which I hadn't thought about for a long time. Um, it was hard to watch, but from the playing point of view, like replaying the game, like I know you said to me when I said about it to you in, on the Saturday night. Like, I know that Christian Eriksen told the players to play. I know that the players said they wanted to play from both teams. But for me, like 60 minutes or 90 minutes earlier, they thought one of their teammates or one of their opponents was on the brink of, you know, passing away. Hmm. UEFA or the Danish FA or the Finnish FA, somebody has got to make that decision to protect them from themselves and just say, right, just give yourself 24 hours. We'll play it tomorrow. Because it was only, what, 50 minutes? They had a five-minute halftime. So they could have played it between England and Croatia and uh, Austria, the Austria and North Macedonia game. They could have done that. So we wouldn't have affected, you know, anything going forward. Yes, they would have given them a little bit less time. But it is what it is. I just think that, you sometimes, you know, of course, like sportsmen, particularly professional athletes, they're so determined and they want to, you know, they want to do the right thing and they want to win, at, you know, and they want to do their families and their countries proud. But, you know, they're human beings. Like they could have just hmm. given them a 24-hour window because, look, Kasper Schmeichel hasn't made a mistake like that, like he did for the goal in probably about four or five years. And he's I think, just though, done it I think and out, cost them a game. Out respect, out respect for both sets of players. I think they both deserve to play the rest of that game behind closed doors, so they really yeah. get to grip what happened. You know, they don't need to yes. put a show on for anybody. They don't need to show on for the cameras. They don't need to put a show on for the fans. The fans had already 
already seen things they shouldn't have seen. The players have had to review that and more because they have had to go back in and, and, and see what's unfolding behind closed doors, people, what we never saw. And we never, we're never going to find out what happened and what was getting said and what they, what they talked about. And then on top of that, they go back to the hotel, come back and play a game again. It's just, there's just so many wrongs which someone's decided that's a right. And I just don't Absolutely. like it. I just don't like it. It's not made yeah. up. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to think that, that that was happening to my teammates, my team, my country, my club, because I'd like to think that, that, that someone decides that football, football's not as big as life. And yeah, life's more like important than football. So, it's, just like, it's just a game. It's just a game. I said to my father-in-law yesterday, if the worst had happened, they probably, I think they would have called the tournament off. And he said, not a chance in hell, because there's so much money involved in it that the people who make those decisions uefa the sponsors all those tv companies they wouldn't allow it and i was quite shocked by that but then the more i thought about it i thought yeah probably those people wouldn't allow it to be uh being yeah. pulled off um, a couple of comments i just want to bring your attention to mate because um one of them i was going to make the same point but so the first one is the one that i was uh, i heard on the radio earlier that they said that basically the players were told if they did re refuse to play that they would forfeit the game 3-0. Uh, Peter Schmeichel apparently said that, but it was on the radio. They had, they were given three choices, and that was one of the choices. The other choices, I think, were play it You know when they played it, and I think that was what they took. Or I think I'm not even sure if one of the choices was to continue the game You know once he had been taken away. I, it's, it's, it I leaves a bad I, taste I, in your mouth, doesn't it? Well, I know he's an insider. He's got, he's got the information... Potentially, which from his son, which uh, which that potentially could be true. Um, I think the Danish FA need to come out and be and be brutally honest about and the clarify, don't they? And UEFA because yes. they're the, they're the, they're the only people who can confirm what conversations got, yeah. were had and the truth behind yeah. the statements and the truth behind the options. Because I tell you something, mate. Uh, can you imagine? They've got if, more respect by walking away. Well, can you imagine if they both said no, Finland and Denmark, and then they'd come out and said we said no because they wouldn't let us play it the next day and they said that we'd be forfeit you know we'd forfeit the game or whatever can you imagine the uproar for that that would be, Listen, you know, it, it'd be unbelievable it should have it should have been agreed by both teams to be a nil nil draw and move on to the next one and give give players a time to to just focus process on going and, to see the families just process about what's just happened yeah. and and just just try and just deal with yes, emotions for the next 48 64 68 hours you know it's just it gives them an opportunity to do that yeah, um, and also uh, Craig Sullivan says um, if you have a head injury, etc., where the you know the medics are supposed to take the decision away from the player, box in, you could throw the towel in if it's needed to. It can go to a it, it, you take the decision away from the players. Um, that's what I believe should have happened. But then, like I say, if from what Peter Michael said, maybe that wasn't even an option anyway. So it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's all. Um, not it's all he great, says, well, though, isn't it? Because we don't, you know what I mean. Listen, he's got inside information, like I say. You know what I mean. He knows, he knows what's been said, really. But it's, it's difficult because Casper won't want to come out and say it. Um, well, yeah, he can't say anything in the moment, can he? Because they would probably ban him from the tournament the or something. The truth will come out. The truth will come out. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. And I tell you, like, just lastly on it, it's, it is it's worrying that um, no matter how many. You know, you've got all these health checks for players and they do so much checks on their, you know, their hearts and their physics. And, and because of obviously people like uh, Fabrice Moamba, uh, Mark Vivian Foe, um, I think it was Navarro in Spain. You know, there's been a few over the years of different players from around the world who've had this sort of 
cardiac event um seemingly out with blue but they still just don't seem to be able to um to pick it up before it happens and that's yeah. you know it's a sad uh it's a sad fact unfortunately um mm. at the end of the day not that it matters because ultimately i'm just happy that christian erickson is alive and hopefully he can go on to live a, a fulfilling yeah. life um you know he left totally and, and what seems to have been lost in all this he's a father of two mate um yeah. So, yeah. You know. listen, football, football will be the last thing on his mind. Yes, he's a professional footballer. He loves the game. He loves his country. He loves the teams he's played for. But he's a, he's a dad. He's a human being. He's got a, he's 28 years old. You know what I mean? He's got a long life ahead of him. Yeah. Hopefully, um, he can live that Do life because um, he deserves it. Yeah, I, I don't want to speculate. I was going to ask you a question, but I don't want to speculate on whether he'll play football again because I don't think well that, that is important. Ultimately, with the, with regards to the game. Um, Kasper Schmeichel's mistake he didn't look himself um, they took off uh, Simon Kajar because he didn't look himself not long mm -hmm. after the goal Because, yep. and, and then the, the guy who's taking the penalty I said to Becky as he was as he was waiting to take it I said there's no way he's going to score this because mm -hmm. I, the thing I compared it to to my father-in-law yesterday was when you see those pictures of people when they've been uh, when they're shell-shocked in the war you know where their eyes are sort of glazed over, yeah. and they look just yeah. completely on another planet. That's what he looked like, and I felt so sorry for him because he had so much pressure on him. The psychological part of Christian Eriksen is their penalty taker as well. The fact that they were losing in this game, um, which had suddenly you know gone from a game to to meaning so much to those players, and you know it's just unfortunate isn't it um yeah but yeah like, non, denmark non didn't me. look themselves, non, non, yeah non, yeah non, non, non event non event the game for me I, you know what i mean because it, it shouldn't it shouldn't have been a game and it shouldn't have been it shouldn't yes. have been, listen that, that i don't want to i i don't want to give fifa and UEFA for opportunity to um to to look, it look like they've made the right decision for me it's wrong yeah ethically wrong morally wrong and hopefully denmark I, can pick it up the next couple of games and prove how good they are because they're, they're a very good set. I felt uh, incredibly sorry for Finland as well because that was their first game in, uh, in a national tournament. Should have been like this momentous occasion for them. Obviously, you know, that was, that's never going to be the same. Um, so, yeah, it is unfortunately what it is. Um, yeah. But before uh, before that, we obviously had... Uh, Friday evening, the opening game, we opened up with our phenomenal uh, preview show, if I do say so myself. Uh, and then Italy looked equally as phenomenal. Um, some real, real good performances in there. And uh, the Italy looked the real deal, mate. And Turkey did not. Yeah. Yeah. You've cut I thought they were amazing, mate. I'll be honest. Um, uh, Leonardo, uh, let me let me go out and come back in because I don't know what's going on with it tonight. Yeah. Um. So yeah, guys. Um, if you have got any questions, we will do a few at the end. But obviously, we want to be uh, finished at eight o'clock sharp, so we won't be doing lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. But we will do a couple. Uh, so if you have any questions whatsoever, but just looking through some of the comments. Uh, it seems as if you guys generally uh, agree with myself and Andy with regards to our opinions of the the BBC and whatnot. But um, it is what it is, mate. Yeah, but Italy were very, very good. I thought. Um, yeah, 
really good. And I thought they kept the ball well. They were so patient. They ran the Turks yeah. uh, ragged for 90 minutes. But also, what I think Turkey really struggled with, and I hope Wales take note of this, is they couldn't deal with um, Italy's press at all. Mm. Well, fitness-wise, fitness-wise, there was only one side going to win it. You know what I mean? From the first minute to the last minute, I couldn't believe how fit Italy were. Uh, Roberto Mancini's obviously worked um, and picked players who were super fit. Um, Leonardo Spinazzola, he got man of the match. He played left wing in the first half. Absolutely, Roma. Um, he played against Man United both times in the uh, Europa League. Um, he came off in the second le- first leg after 24 minutes. Um, and I didn't even notice him in that game, I'll be honest. But I thought every time he got the ball, he took his fullback on, he put a cross in. I thought he was absolutely fantastic and out of this world. I thought some of the goals Italy scored, I thought were great. Um, Insignia, um, I didn't realise he was that small, uh, but he got into some Super amazing positions. Um, technically, he's like a little genius. You know what I mean? Reminded me a little bit of Janino that he got on the ball in these dangerous areas in between the midfield and the attack and turned, drove. One, twos, loads of shots. He was. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought Turkey's tactics were very negative. I thought they set up to, um, to, to, to one man up front um, and didn't really give it a go. I, 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 listen, this is a one-off opportunity. You know, what I mean, the first game is so important, side because they're yeah. potentially going to get beaten anyway. So you, you might as well give it a go. It was damage limitations for me. But you've taken a three. You've taken a three-nil defeat off a off a, off a negative display, off a defensive display. So that must be quite harrowing for the for the fans and the players. However. You've just mentioned Wales there. The next Wales game is going to be in Baku. Um, there's 35,000 yeah, going, going to be there. So it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a different game, and there's going to be expectations on Turkey, which is not fair on Wales. Of course, it's not. You know what I mean? Because but it might spur Wales on as well. Yeah, I'm going to make that point. Actually, I think um, it might help Wales because I think um, we will get onto the Wales game in a minute, and I'll have a little bit of a ranty rant, but. Um, I think part of the problem Wales had was the lack of atmosphere, which obviously played such a big part in the French Euros. But sticking with Italy, just quickly, um, I thought uh, Insignia was superb. Um, was but it? I thought it was all pieced. And Spin Spinazzola was obviously the man of the match. Oh, but I, well. I thought it was all pieced together by Jorginho in the middle. Um, beautifully yeah, done. Great. And as my, uh, as my lovely wife called him, the old man at the back was phenomenal. Well, yeah, aside, the, well, the 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 thing what made me smile the most about the game was uh, was Chiellini's tackle at the end, and he's celebrating like he scored a goal. Listen, if if you're an experienced player like that in your thirties, late thirties, and you're celebrating making a tackle at three nil, then you've got some serious desire to be the best of the best. And you know what? That's why he's played at the level he is. That's why he's playing now at this age and keeping out younger players playing for his country and playing. Still playing the Champions League. He is a, a top, top, top professional. And that shows that. 100%, mate. And um, by the way, Italy, as I said on Friday, got the best goalkeeper in the tournament, in my opinion. And he's only 23. Um, but Italy have got some boys on the bench, which they haven't even had to use, really. They they no. put Bellotti and Chiesa on for like nine minutes. So they had a nice uh, run out. I think Wales have got to be careful on... Um, Let's move on to Wales and we'll talk about their game Saturday first and then we'll talk about um, the Turkey game sort of in within that. Um, I thought Robert Page got the formation right, but I thought he got the personnel wrong. Um, And I just thought everything which Wales did well uh, when playing that formation in the qualifiers... They didn't do with like things like a high press, high intensity, putting the opponents under pressure, 
getting the ball out wide quickly and playing not super direct, but they're trying to do a lot of passing from the back. And I thought they got themselves into trouble. Um, there's some players in there. Uh, the lad from Luton can't get in the Luton side, but yeah, he's playing ahead of Ethan Ampadu, who's a younger, better footballer. That was puzzling to me. Wales was so deep for so much of the game. And like, don't get me wrong, I thought Switzerland were very good, particularly in the midfield and going forward. But I also think that when we did manage to get a little bit of width or get at them, their defence looked quite ropey. But we just didn't put them under pressure. Um, and I think, just sorry, mate, before you uh, have your say, the, the other thing which people should remember before getting too negative, and I include myself in that, is Wales didn't start Euro 2016 particularly well. They weren't great against Slovakia. They got um, a deflected bail free kick. Then against England, uh, was it Joe Hart made that mistake from the bail free kick? And then we conceded a last-minute winner against England. It was only that third group game when we needed a win that the momentum started to come. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, there's, there's still time. There's no need to panic. The easy thing to fall into, though, is that Switzerland are better than Turkey. So we should try and, you know, we should be able to do something with it. We'll see, I guess. What did you think of it, mate? Um, I was pleased once I seen the team. Um, I think everyone was crying out for a key for more to play. Um, I think with um, with that being a positive, I was really looking forward to doing it. I thought the team selection I was quite happy with. Um, I think only Rob um, knows his players inside out. He's had them with a, in, in close contact for the last couple of weeks. So he knows he was ready to play. Um, in his opinion, he's watched them closely in the, in the two warm-up games and in training, etc., um, but then the game started and uh, take the first three minutes off, I thought they were absolutely brilliant I thought this is going to be only one winner I thought they the pressed from the from the front they closed people down the, they had high high starting positions a lot of the team and then all of a sudden after three minutes Switzerland just took control of the game and they passed the ball around they kept the ball they frustrated Wales and, um, and Wales were all over the place I think um, I think they got so fortunate um, take probably Kiefer Moore's header out of it in the first half uh, which was a very good head. Daniel James's run. Was, Daniel James had that run, yeah. didn't he? That was a great uh, one, yeah. And, um, but it was shots, shots on goal where um, it was a good save by the goalkeeper, but you probably expect him to save it. Um, but Switzerland became dangerous on set pieces. And that's quite scary to say with the, the desire that Wales have, the, the, the height of the goalkeeper, uh, the defensive prowess that, that Robble has stuck into the, the Wales side like they have done for years. Um, I think they really struggled on set pieces. Well, a couple of times, a goalkeeper kept a minute with his feet um, from set pieces, and obviously the goal came later on. Um, who I thought was absolutely fantastic, by the way, Embolo. I thought he was out of this world. I thought every time he got the ball, he made something happen. Wales couldn't live with him. They let him turn. They let him drive at them. He was running in behind. He he probably could have scored just before he got his goal from the corner, which the goalkeeper tipped over the crossbar. Um, but it was all about getting a result. One day, one you 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 text me uh, and said um, it, this is going to take a goal. Um, against Wales to get them get get them back in the game, they gave a goal away, they got the goal back, but then all of a sudden they stopped again, and I don't I don't get why they stopped because that they, Switzerland were there for the taking for the next six seven minutes, and they just sat back yeah. again and let Switzerland get back in the game, and I thought that I have was a view on by, that, a, by a mile, but I thought it was offside by yeah. a mile, and then when I seen it in VAR, it was very close. It's so they very, got, very got, close. They got, they got away with one, but for me, I think Wales will take the point because I think it was a very good point against uh, against a decent side, but Switzerland were far the better side, far superior. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Um, the one point I'd say what the Swiss manager did is when Wales did get on top and they got the goal, is he changed the game with substitutions. 
and Robert Page didn't do that when he needed to. Um, and even you look at the Scotland, I know you didn't get to watch the Scotland game because of work, but even the Scottish man, Steve Clark, did today. He made substitutions to try and change the game. Um, Wales did have the players t- to do what they needed to do on Saturday, and they Robert Page seemed reluctant to do it. David Brooks did all right when he came on. Yeah. But, you know, Harry Wilson should have been on to put the Swiss defence under pressure and, and press them high, and it never came. Um, you also need... You need to need a long a longer time to, to to make a difference. David Brooks needs longer time. You know what I mean? You look yeah, at the weather, the weather in Baku was uh, the, the the weather the, the Wales game was boiling. You know what I mean? And how can how can the players sustain that kind of kind of pressure when you're chasing the game as well? Wales chased the game for the last twenty minutes and they got back into it. You know what I mean? Very good goal by the way, but then they had to go and chase again and go and push again. And Switzerland were there for the taking for about five minutes, but then all of a sudden Wales sat back and Switzerland got himself back in the game. And to be fair. It would have been a, probably a travesty for Switzerland not, not to get something from the game. Yeah. But um, it's a got quick point for you, mate. I want to get your point of view on, view on this, so I'm going to ask you a question after I've read you this comment from James. Uh, so James says um, he hasn't watched them closely this season. Uh, otherwise, players like Morel, Levitt and even Johnny Williams wouldn't be in there before the likes of Vox and Sheenham. What do you think of that? Does that make a difference when it comes to tournament time? Because obviously Johnny Williams hasn't played. Uh, Morel hasn't played for Luton. Levitt, I don't play. I think has played a great deal. Whereas mm. the likes of Volks and Sheenan have not only played but been in good form. You know, does that make it like expecting Joe Morel to to play against people like Shakiri and some of those other Swiss players who are very good footballers who've played all season when he hasn't yeah. really kicked the ball? Yes, yeah. you know, at the highest yeah. level, I can't just can't see the thinking behind it. Hmm. Well, listen. I think I think for me the biggest shock of the squad was probably Volks not being in it. I think the, the amount of games he's played for Cardiff, consistent games he's played for Cardiff, the way that he plays um, in that probably sitting role, um, especially the Wales Wales way play. So I, the way the way that Wales play, you've got your three behind a one, for example, and you've got your Bales, you've got your Daniel James, you've got your Ramsey behind a Kiefer Moore. So you don't need anyone in the midfield for me who, who, who needs to do anything apart from get the ball forward into a dangerous area. You know what I mean? And, you're quite privileged to have someone like Joe Allen to start knitting things together. You know what I mean? Who I thought had a quite quite game. But look at Joe himself. Joe's missed a lot of, lot of football over the last two years. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. still catching up a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying he's not much fit, but I'm saying he's missed a lot of football. And you've got players who are going into this game with a continuation of games, continuation of match fitness, continuation of sharpness, confidence. Um, and listen, it's all about playing games. It's all about being match fit and match sharp. And, um, I look at, I look at. I mean, listen, we, we we said it when uh, when Member was on the show that um, was he surprised? We were surprised. Was he surprised that the young player was 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 in the squad? What kind of an, an impact is a young player going to make in a game like that? Zero, because he's not going to be able to be. He's not going to be ready for the game. The manager won't be able to throw him in. So what's the point of having him in the squad? Well, this is why, uh, if you remember, they did this. England did the same with Theo Walcott, didn't they? They took him and then never played yeah. him. Whereas I actually yeah. think that sticking someone. Uh, like him in, uh, Ruben Colwell in, he's got no fear. Uh, he's so young that it probably, in some ways, doesn't even dawn on him how big an occasion it is. So if you do need something, why not give him a whirl? Because if you're not going to use you've got Harry to put Wilson, him in the side, though, Simon. you've got to put him in the yeah, side. Because if you don't yeah, put him in the side, the, side. It's, the whole thing's a the whole thing's a pointless, pointless exercise. You might as well uh, have, have not named him in the squad, but took him as an extra, give him the experience around the squad and put and put an experienced player in there. Yeah, you can be, take him without putting him in the squad, can't you? Yeah, yeah. A lot um, of people know him. And 
we've got to move on because we've got other games to talk about. But um, the one thing I will say is what I would like to see is Nico Williams come in at fullback for Connor Roberts. I thought Connor Roberts was at fault um, for a lot on Saturday. And that's not necessarily a, a criticism of him because I felt like he was marking Mbolo from corners uh, for a lot of the time. And if Wales keep giving away set pieces at that velocity, uh, that amount, they're, they're going to struggle. It's only you know, it's it's the law of averages that eventually you'll concede if you keep giving away set pieces. Um, so I'd bring in Nico Williams. I I would bring in Kabanga uh, at centre back, but I think he'll probably bring in one of the other lads. Um, and I'd put Ampadu alongside um, Joe Allen. Um, but actually, I think what he will do is he will bring Ramsey back alongside Aaron, uh, Joe Allen, and I think he will put uh, Harry Wilson or David Brooks in the three. I just hope that he doesn't revert back to that um, false nine. If he's going to play that false nine, do it against Italy. I don't think he will. No, I don't think he will, but I don't think he'll make many changes. I don't think he'll make many changes either. And I think he'll be, I think he'll be quite consistent with the with the with the result and with the group and the players who've just done the following following game. The problem with that is, mate, is to, just as we've just said about some of the weaknesses that we saw at Turkey. Um, I think they will have looked at the at Meepham and some of the errors that he made. He should have probably given a penalty away, by the way, as well. Um, mm. They will look at our weaknesses, and I think. Mm-hmm. That's why I would bring in maybe maybe even if you keep Meepham in, I I would Nico I for me Ampadu and Nico Williams have got to be on the side on the next game. Um, then we had uh, we had Belgium uh, Russia in the evening on Saturday. Uh, Belgium yeah. I thought looked very good. Eden Hazard didn't play. Uh, Lukaku scoring goals for fun as he's done all his career really. What did you uh, yeah. What was your first impression of Belgium in the tournament? Um, listen, I, I think they've, they've they've obviously missed a couple of players. Obviously, Hazard was sub. De Bruyne is still out, still out with his nose injury. Um, I thought it was a good opportunity for Russia because I think Russia have got some good players who can hurt you. I thought Russia started bad. Um, I, I thought they didn't get a grip of the game. The the, the defensive they're all over the place. Um, for me, I don't think the opening goal should have counted. Um, I was confused with the side rule. Um, yes, the defenders tried to clear it and he's missed it. And he's made a mistake, but he's still offside. When the ball when the ball's kicked from an attacking player, if you're stood behind a defender, you're offside. I, I don't like the rule, but if that's the rule, we stick by it. Um, Lukaku is on fire. Listen, he's just won the title in Serie A. Um, Munier, I love on the right hand side. I think he's uh, I think he's absolutely fantastic. He drives on, and when you can bring Eden Hazard on, you can bring some other players on who keep you fresh and you keep you ticking over and make you stronger. Um, you've got an opportunity because Carrasco I thought was brilliant um, I thought Lukaku Mertens I, I, listen you can go on with them and you've still got probably the two best players for for Belgium to still come back in and that'll that'll, that'll push them onto a level level and we talked about si, on last Friday about teams who start slowly and build up I think there's more to come from Belgium so they could this could be a yeah. start for them and they could be building up and if they can build up off a 3-0 win then they're going to be a real uh, a real threat 100% mate. Um, I think the other thing to bear in mind with them is, you know, to have Eden Hazard, just I don't know if he's not fit or he, like we talked about the fact he hasn't played much this season. So no De Bruyne, no Witzel. It's uh, it's going to be interesting how they progress through that, through the uh, through the gears and through the tournament. But, uh, you know, it's a good start. The other thing I was going to say, mate, of course, Lukaku and I think uh, someone else, I forget who, teammates, Christian Eriksen, like, they played with them all season. 
so that would have you know that would have had an impact on them you know the the psychological side of them uh he obviously celebrated his goal by uh, after 10 minutes by uh saying christian i love you in the cameras but you know yeah that was a big ask for some of those players as well i think of uh, course oh listen yeah. and full credit to them because um and what was nice over the over the weekend um lukaku scored um current teammate um son for uh, south korea scored did the same celebration for south korea um ex-teammate at spurs so it's listen it shows how much love and how much respect that guy has from his ex-teammates current teammates football world so you know long may it continue so everyone who scores a goal just dedicate to christian i think it'd be great absolutely phenomenal mate uh so then sunday we had uh, england versus croatia was the two o'clock game one. give me one sec do not play that song because it'll, it'll the stream will get taken down don't ever play that song ever 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 again don't play it mate because they'll get the stream will get taken down there we go already uh, i thought you were going to play that godforsaken song and uh, then oh, we'd no. have had our stream taken down maybe we should have the stream taken down just for wearing that there we go match one match one listen i thought yeah, england win the tournament mate. Uh, no, they're not going to win. I don't. I, I don't think they're going to win it. Um, I was quite pleased. I thought Gareth made some massive brave decisions. Um, um, I thought playing Calvin Phillips uh, was a risk, but a massive risk, which 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 came out and uh, yeah, unfolded. Off, yeah. He was a he was he was the best player on the pitch. Uh, Raheem Sterling, absolutely fantastic yes, on the uh, from, from minute one to minute ninety. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, another risk. Um, I thought the back four defended really well. Um, offensively, mm -hmm. I thought Kyle Walker was very poor. Uh, I wanted more from him. He's, he's passing forward, his runs forward, which he's normally really good at. He was poor, but his defending was brilliant. I thought the two centre-halves fantastic. Jordan Pickford didn't put a foot wrong. Um, Trippier, another risk when you've got two left-backs, left but I thought he was in there for his set players. He was in there for his free kicks, his, the other attributes that he's got. It worked out. He, he, he did it. He did another, another phenomenal job. Um, people talk about Jack Grealish. I'd love to see Jack being given... Um, a game start um, other things but listen it's uh, it's all about um, it's all about performing on the day and I thought England did exactly what they needed to do yeah I think um, the other thing I thought um, I thought actually Kyle Walker was the one mistake that Gareth Southgate made I thought he should have played Trippier at right back and played uh, Luke Shaw at left back because Luke Shaw has been one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League this year so I thought that was yeah. a bit puzzling but I do understand the need mm. for a set piece taker but mm. Kyle Walker in my opinion is not good enough to be a starter for England I don't think um, I'm not saying he's a bad no, footballer no, I, just, I, just, I just think I just, they've got better I options I, I, I don't nothing nothing Kyle Walker for me Kyle Walker is one of England's standout players on his day I think he had a bad game you and, think and, he's and I'll stand by really but you don't think the other fullbacks are better than him what right backs? Reese James. Well, Trippier, Trippier, Trippier can Walker, play. Yeah. No, Tri Trippier can play right back though. Yeah. He's played right back. And and left back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why Gareth picked his best. He picked his best fullbacks for England. And for me, I'll back Gareth for that for that decision because I I Maybe. called it. I called the two. I called the two fullbacks. I didn't call the rest of the team, but I called the two fullbacks and the, and the two centre halves because Harry was never going to be fit. Um, I didn't call him midfield. I, I didn't. Yeah, call I thought the three, central two actually, Grealish and Phillips. I thought were outstanding. I thought Raheem Sterling had his best game in an England shirt. Um, so question thought, for you, uh, mate. I thought Harry Kane. Harry, Harry Kane had his worst ever game for England. Worst game ever. He didn't yeah, turn up. Didn't turn up. It, mate, and this is the problem. Um, this is the issue I've got with, with 
not just England, but other teams, Wales included, picking players on reputation instead of fitness and form can sometimes bite you on the backside. Harry Kane hasn't played a lot of football this year. And yeah. he's been injured. Should he well, have maybe given him a rest? But then he rested. He was resting Rashford. So it's... It's an interesting one. Did you but think you got to he remember, made... Harry, Harry, Harry didn't play him in the in the, in the run up to the friendly, so Harry didn't play any of them games. So he should have been fresh. He, there's no reason why he should have been fresh. He, had to, he, he hasn't played for two weeks. He should have gone yeah. in that game for well, three weeks. So and he and he didn't, and it puzzles me. And for me, it's a big game on Friday for Harry Kane because Harry Kane is under pressure because it's there's other players who can come in. There's other players who can come in and be more of a threat than Harry Kane can be because he was he was a passenger on on uh, at the weekend, and that's sad that for. For England's captain and for, you know what I mean, Alan Shearer said it and there's other, Ian Wright said it, England can't afford any passings because of the way they play, they need somebody up there who's going to be hold the ball up. He didn't have any touches, had zero shots on the goal. That's not like a Harry Kane. I don't know what was, I don't know what was wrong with him. 100%, mate. Uh, what do you make of this comment from Rhys David Evans? He says, uh, Wan-Bissaka should have gone. He's the best right-back in the league this season. Did his job well as a defender. Has the best stats uh, as well, I think. Um, hasn't he selected... Hasn't he chosen to play for another nation now? Or have I got that wrong? I don't know. I don't, sure. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, listen, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a he's a very very good fullback. Um, he's very good the defensively. The, the 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 unfortunate thing for him is that he's playing against a lot well, against two of the probably well three of the probably best right backs England have ever had. You know what I mean? Luca. You look at when Gary Neville and Phil Neville played for England. That there was only there was only he was only battling against one player. Now you're battling against three and four players. It's so hard to get in the England mm. squad. You know, what I mean, look at the players who haven't who haven't gone to the tournament. Look at the players who yeah, listen. There's, there's there's a list, and it's yeah. um, it just shows how strong the group is. And I know we had a conversation about how strong England's squad is. It's the second youngest um, in the Euros. The squad, which is is phenomenal for England point of view, uh, and it's only Boswell. Boswell they haven't the got the baggage though, mate. Would be my thing to that. Um, what I would say is, in my opinion, I had a good I had a good look at the squads of all the teams earlier, um, and apart from France, England have the deepest squad of top footballers, which, in my opinion, means that they should if they don't get to the semi-finals, then it's a failure, because you they can play two sides of like their first choice and their reserves, and arguably still have a side good enough to beat most teams so in my opinion if you don't get to the semi-final then you've probably slipped up I know you don't want to put pressure on them and you don't think that that's necessarily the case but when you look at it purely on paper it is what it is mate but outside of France nobody else has got a squad that deep Guillaume Barriga described Spain's squads in them there was like a halftime video on the Spain game in this during Scotland today Uh, he said the Spain Spain team is not very good but they are together and they like Luis Enrique as the manager. So, you know, when you look at that and then you look at England's depth and quality, then I think they've got to do something. Uh, we've got to move on. Austria and North Macedonia, mate, tell me about it quickly. Um, I, I was quite surprised. Um, in I watched Austria, obviously, against England, um, who I thought were really poor. They, they, they picked up their performance. Uh, they won the game. There was a... Uh, there was a great volley for the opening goal. I thought it was fantastic at the, right, the, the right-hand side for the full-back. I thought it was great. Um, a mix-up for the, obviously the equaliser for Pandev's goal. Uh, goalkeeper was all over the place with Alaba, um, pulled out. Um, uh, and then, obviously, Marco Arnautovic, ex-West ex Ham United, got the, 
I think he got he got the third goal for the for the clincher. Um, they deserve to win the game, um, and it'll give them confidence going into the tournament. Hundred percent, mate. Um, I didn't watch all of this one, but I I was pleased that North Macedonian fans got that up, you know, just to, to experience the you know the scoring of a goal and 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 yeah. that sort of thing. Um, I thought that was good, and I didn't think they looked terrible, by the way. But, uh, Austria got a very very good team, yeah. um, and I'm yeah, loving Pan, Pandev, mate. Love it. He mm. got a goal. Well, I think uh, I think potentially with that goal, North Macedonia might uh, might not be the um, the worst team in the tournament because there might be. No, a team I, you're going to tell us about that so. in a minute, aren't you? Uh, then we had North, North uh, Netherlands versus uh, Ukraine, which was a five-goal thriller. Um, oh, I did not game watch of the this one because I was doing a boxing and MMA show. Yeah, game game of the tournament. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic game. The first half I thought was was excellent. It was it was nil nil, but it was excellent. Um, just pure attacking. It was like a boxing match that one team attacked, then the other team attacked, then the other team attacked again. It was it was great. And then the second half was just full of incidents, goals. Um, poor defending. Uh, it had everything. Uh, Gigi Wijnaldum, a tidy finish to open the goals. Going the captain, obviously just sent for Paris Saint Germain. Um, and then the second goal, uh, I thought it killed the game off. Um, Shevchenko's team just looked lost. And then all of a sudden, um, Yarmolenko uh, of West Ham United scored a, a fantastic um, goal, cut in for the right hand side and bent it in. Um, great goal, goal of the tournament so far. Um, no, then, it was uh, not, it, mate. Oh, well, you didn't. So you far, haven't seen the Scottish so goal, have you? Whoa. I have, but so far, so far, but that, that was before that. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then, um, um, and then the equalizer with a header, poor defending by the centre forward, uh, and then Dumfries, who I thought was probably one of the best players on the pitch, right back, just bombing on. He missed loads of chances, uh, but in during the game, but in, to keep bombing on and uh, and for the game to be in, in in Ajax, I think it was just great seeing all the orange. It just it. It's just fantastic and, and love watching Holland. Uh, I called them uh, probably my outsiders. The way that they defend, they've got no chance to win this tournament. They've got no chance <laughs> probably to, to, to get through after the groups because if they play a decent side, they're going to get they're going to get found out, I believe. But going forward, they look great. But defensively, they look all over the place. Give me a Memphis Depay watch. Like, how did he do? Oh, listen, he started the game like I was on fire. He took a couple of people on, had a couple of shots. Um, he had a couple of men on him every time he got the ball. Um, I like him. I think he's he's great. I would love to see him up front with somebody bigger though to take the pressure off him, like a like a Van Nistelrooy. I know Van Nistelrooy is one of the coaches, but imagine Ruud Van Nistelrooy being your coach. It's great, and uh, he must learn so much. He's always playing on the shoulder. One thing I don't like about what he does, he takes corners because the amount of goals that he could score, standing in front of the goalkeeper, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just desperate for him to score because I thought he he deserved a goal for his performance. Um, but uh, but listen, he, he plays a huge part in that uh, in that side. And if he doesn't play, they won't be half the team because his movement, his pace, his directness. I think he's he's a fabulous footballer, fabulous. Yeah, um, and remind me when we've been all the games to go back to Gab's question. Um, I want to just quick. We'll finish up on that. Um, no. Uh, so then we had Scotland versus Czech Republic today. So you haven't seen this one. So um, I'll just uh, talk about it a little bit. Uh, I thought first, seen the highlights. 10, 10, 15 minutes. I thought Scotland were very good. Um, the, what they have is a togetherness, a team which Wales had because they haven't been in tournament so for so long. Uh, they're behind the manager. They've got this big, huge togetherness, which again, I think is part of Wales's problem. They don't have the same togetherness that they had previously for various reasons. Um, what Scotland don't have is genuine quality in certain positions. If you remember on Friday, I said I was a little concerned with their strikers, like Lyndon Dykes of um, QPR. 
is like their first choice striker. They have got the boy they brought on Nesbitt, who looked quite sharp, but uh, Robertson was outstanding. David Marshall was good. He couldn't have done much about the two goals. Uh, and they got a young boy, uh, Henry. Do you think he's like 25, 26? He looked pretty good, but he made a mistake for the goal, uh, the second goal, which completely killed the game. He tried to shoot from like 45 yards out. It got blocked, broke to the halfway line. They were, David Marshall was, as goalkeepers are told to do when the ball's up the other end, miles out of his area, and uh, he got lobbed from the halfway line. What a goal, what a finish. Superb. Czech Republic looked really good. Their yeah. Czech Republic shape, mate, was the best I've seen in the tournament defensively. So every time Scotland, particularly when Scotland were pressing at the end of the game, last 15 minutes, they couldn't get through the Czech Republic. They had no one to pass to, even though their players were moving because they were just shifting from side to side, their shape. I thought it was beautifully done, really well drilled. Um, ultimately, though, mate, Scotland created a lot of chances and didn't take them. Um, and defensively, they are not good enough in the middle of defence. They got, obviously, Robertson, very good fullback. They got McTominay's decent in midfield, and they've got a few others, but centre-backs just not giving enough protection to David Marshall. I, listen, I saw the team, and, and when I saw the team, I, I seen three different sections. I seen a, a poor section at the at the back. I seen a poor section at the top. I seen a very good section in the middle. The field is wide. I think the, the Yeah, John McGinn, of course. Well. as many. Yeah, they can create as many chances as you want, but if you've got nobody to put it in, you can. Yeah. Somebody can knock at your door all the time, and people knock on the door all the time, and they're getting they're getting joy. And when Scotland go behind, you don't see them many times scoring two goals to get the result. You know what no. I mean? It, it's scoring one goal and hold on to the result, they've got a chance. But so that's for me. Scotland have got to go ahead against England. They've got to go ahead against Croatia and and potentially hang on, hang on to something. If England go ahead early doors or Croatia go ahead early doors against them, I, I fear for them. You know what I mean? Because I said on Friday, I. I I don't. I didn't. I don't see all uh, all uh, um, the positives that everyone else see in them. You know what I mean? I, I guess they've got better. They've got better individual players. But as a team, not a lot has changed. Um, no. They're still quite no, easy no. to play against. Um, and you know what I mean? You take some of their. You take Robertson. You know, I've seen the highlights. I thought he was fantastic. Um, yes, Tina didn't play. Um, but you've got. Grant I don't Hanley. think defensively he's the best. Chan though. Either. No, he's not. No, no. He, well, he, he leaves gaps, doesn't he? Because he bombs on. Yeah. So he leaves gaps behind him. When you've got. England's players, so you're going to have what um, a Ford and uh, a Mount. I think they play Rashford. I do against Scotland. No, they're going to cheat. Because... Well, they're going to cheat. They're going to cheat. They're going to leave them up front. So it's going to force Robertson to make a decision. He leaves them. Yeah. And he leaves his defence. But he's got to go because they've got to win. Or, well, or he stays with them and he keeps him back. So it, so that the, the threats lessened. You know what yeah. I mean? Because for me, England are going to be able to pick them off. Yes, absolutely, mate. And the other thing I'd quickly say on Scotland is the one thing about the England game is because it's a derby, there is that, I'd say, like a 5% doubt for me that Scotland could turn up, be really fired up and pinch a 1-0 or something. As you see, you know, nine times out of ten, England win. But there's that one time where Scotland just do something special. But they're going to have to do it because well, that they've got to get four points from the last two games. That. Yeah. On that oh, by the way, sorry, mate, that's what I was going to say to you. Lee Griffiths is sat in the stands. They can't yeah. score goals. Well, and you've got someone yeah. who scored hundreds of goals in his career if, sat in the stands. If they if they if their players do that and they turn up on they turn up on Friday night and they put a shift in, then they've done their country a disservice because why didn't they put a shift in today like they're gonna put in against England? Because every game's gotta yes, be as important course. as that game because if this is European championships, if this is a, a friendly 
it means just as much. If this is a World Cup qualifier, yeah. it means just as much. This is a European Championship. They should be yeah. running through a brick wall in every game. Every game should be an England game. Yeah, and I apologise to my, uh, you know, any Scottish viewers, my Scottish friend, uh, uh, who I spoke to this morning, and Craig says the same thing. Let's be honest, Scotland are only there because they got through the Nations Cup as the one of the third rate. You know, they're not very good. But but Wales didn't expect to get to the semi-finals of the last Euros. You don't know where you can go once you get a bit of momentum. Uh, and a bit of passion and organisation can get you, can get you quite far. So we'll see. Um, the last game to talk about very quickly made Poland and Slovakia earlier on. Were you disappointed by Poland as I was? Yeah, listen, I, I think uh, when I when I looked at the team, they've got an experienced side. They've played together for years and years and years. Uh, Vindowski running leading the line, and I thought, I thought, I thought they were poor. I thought they lacked ideas. Um, he's so used to all this interchanging um, up front with three behind him himself at Bayern Munich and he hasn't got the same firepower and service at, at a national level and I went against England in the uh, obviously in the World Cup qualifiers I thought they were poor I know that Lewandowski didn't play because he, he had a COVID, COVID issue but, but I thought they were poor then I thought defensively um, defensively I thought they were they were alright uh, against England and I thought they were but they were all over the place today and I thought they lacked ideas going forward so I think they, they, they can get better I think they will get better they've got Spain obviously sweet play so um, two more tough games, but they've got to get better if they want to uh, try and get out this group because uh, they probably need at least three points, if not four, to get uh, to get something out of this uh, out of this tournament. Absolutely, mate. Couldn't agree more. Um, right, Gav asked, "Do we think Wales are going to get out of the group, and is it failure if they don't?" Uh, do I think they're going to get out of the group? Uh, um, I think they will get out of the group. I think the the second. Best, uh, but I think they'll get out of the group. Uh, it's going to be tough if they've got to scrape in there against uh, against the, the other two nations, Turkey and and Italy. It doesn't matter. Uh, but however means Robert Page has got to do it. I think um, I think the, the defense deserve it. The players deserve that opportunity. But will it be a um, will it be a disaster if they don't? And expect will I, I mean expecting them to go through? No, but I'd like them to go through. I, won't, I don't think it'll be a disaster if they don't. Um, I think. I think people are, will, will then look at the and, um, and I think there's always next scramble. Yeah, there's always that thing with gigs, and unfortunately, whatever it may be, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Um, right, to finish off, we got emailed, uh, we got asked to give our home nations two up, two downs uh, from the first round of games. So, um, Wales, I went with uh, my ups were uh, Robert Page's lack of, uh, sorry, in sorry, Downs, uh, Robert Page's lack of uh, substitutions to change the game and um, the central defence I thought was all over the place. Uh, and my ups were Danny Ward and uh, Daniel James, I thought as well, had a fantastic um, little little start to the tournament. And I thought, he was, I thought it was a poor decision to take Daniel James off because he was... Uh, the one threat the Wales had uh, from an England point of view. My ups were Raheem Sterling and Tyrone Mings. I thought Tyrone Mings did a great job considering that, uh, you know, he, Harry Maguire is their first choice centre-back. So to come in in the tournament and do as well as he did, did very well. I thought they did take their foot off the gas would be my first down. And I think against better teams, 
England will need to move the ball a bit quicker, particularly after that initial 25 minutes. Scotland, uh, my first up was first 18 minutes, the first 15 to 20 minutes, they were very good, good pressing, everything. But after that, they faded. Uh, Andy Rob uh, Robertson at fullback was excellent. My downs, they've got to take their chances and uh, they've got to keep the ball better, but as they, they protect their centre-backs. Uh, home nations, ups and downs, Andy Campbell. Go. Um, I'll go for my, my England first. Uh, my England ups. Um, I've got to go Calvin Phillips. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, my second up was Raheem, Raheem Stilling's goal. Uh, first goal in the major tournament. A little buzzing for him. Um, my first down was Harry Kane. Uh, disappointed. Thought he, he, he just lacked uh, everything. What I expected from him. Uh, and my second one was um, Kyle Walker going forward. Uh, I expected more. Defensively, he was super. But on the ball, offensively, bombing on, he, he, he started badly and got, uh, and got a little bit worse as the game goes on. Um, Wales, uh, uh, probably tactically, uh, I thought, uh, and, and, and the pressing was one of my, one of my downs. Um, after scoring and not pushing on was, was, was my second down. Um, my first up is Kiefer Moore. Uh, listen, the man just keeps on getting better and better and better. And so pleased for him. So pleased for the club. So pleased for everybody connected with with Cardiff, with Wales, with Kiefer Moore. I think it's it's a fantastic one. Um, and another uh, my, my another up was a goalkeeper. I thought he I thought he was fantastic. I thought he didn't put a foot wrong. I thought some of his saves were were excellent. Um, I didn't see much of the Scotland game, but um, probably one of my downs was. Um, was uh, Hanley at the back? I thought he was he was all over the place at times. I thought he got ran ragged a little bit. Um, and uh, I know I'm a centre forward, but I'm going to go um, down for the goalkeeper for the second goal. I know it's a fantastic finish, but um, I don't I don't, I don't think David Marshall will like that. Um, and yeah, I think no. it's a little bit too far out to get caught. But listen, it's a fantastic goal um, in the right area, and it's not that he just give it up. He tried his best right to the last second till it hit the net and ended up following the goal. Um, pluses. They had enough shots on goal, so offensively they, had, they created a lot of chances. Um, and I thought Andy Robertson was the second up for Andy Robertson. I thought was 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 consistent and um, and caused a threat going forward, but um, probably needs to do a little bit somewhere else. That's a yeah, good one. absolutely, like it. absolutely. Um, obviously, they were just ups and downs for the home nations. Uh, if we were doing home uh, downs for the whole tournament. Uh, UEFA's handling and the broadcasters' oh, yeah. handling the Christian Eriksen yeah. stuff would have been up there. Um, Definitely. Guys, I know we're a bit rushed today because we obviously we spent a big portion of the start of the show talking about um, the Christian Eriksen uh, stuff and Denmark and UEFA um, but obviously normally we'll have a bit of extra time. We have also uh, have a guest joining us on Wednesday, Andy Campbell. Tell us a bit more about that. Yes, we've got uh, Rodri Giggs joining us on Wednesday. Really looking forward to uh, having Rodri's uh, expertise, his analysis. Obviously, Wales kick off at five, so finish just before the show on Wednesday. So it'll be a, it'll be a, a Wales-heavy show. So please join us. Looking forward to it. Hope we'll get the results. So it's a, a nice, positive show, and there's not too many negatives to talk about. But uh, but Rodri will give us um, a real insight into uh, into football in, in in his special opinion. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, check out the Danny Batten for Life fight show from last night. It was a boxing heavy show and it was very well received. We had boxing media guy Ben Doty on. Massive thank you to Black Diamond Sports and uh, Bespoke Financial, of course, for their, all their support. Guys, enjoy the football. We'll see you on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Don't be late. Cheers. Come on, Wells. Okay.
insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.